Hey, thanks for tuning in the podcast. I appreciate that. How's everybody doing? Huh? You doing all right? I'm okay. Still breathing. That's a good thing, right? I mean, it's not easy to do out here in Arizona, especially when it's 100 degrees right now. It's only 9 o'clock in the morning. Ugh. Yesterday, it was 122. Talk about very difficult to breathe. The, the windstorm came through just a wall of dirt. It, it's insane. And it feels like you're standing in front of a, a blow dryer turned on high, a gigantic one, because your whole body is just <sighs> heat just blowing at you, peppered with dirt and rocks. It's, it's crazy. But it was the 4th of July yesterday, and, you know, my dogs did okay. Not, not bad at all. Here in Arizona, it's, it's legal to, to do fireworks, to shoot them off, but it's only legal to do it the day before 4th of July, and, and, and the day after, that's it. And people seem to comply pretty well, at least in the area that I live in. Lots of kids uh, in this area. Everybody's got their kids bedtime by 9.30 anyway. So it, it was pretty quiet after, after the big fireworks went off for the, for the city. But, you know, it, it's going to be sad to see all the dogs that are out right now, especially in this heat in Arizona. And if you happen, if you live in Arizona and you happen to see a loose dog, please just, just pick it up. And, and it doesn't have a tag. If it doesn't have a chip, at least take it to the shelter so that it's not, you know, boiling its feet because it, it just, it's like the surface of the sun out here, man. It's crazy. I hope uh, everyone in America that's listening had a great 4th of July as well and that your dogs are safe. And if your dog is sound sensitive, now is the time. You got a whole year before before 4th of July comes again and you've got plenty of time to desensitize them to the sounds. And if you don't know how to do that, you know, find a trainer in your area that does know how and, and, and they'll, they'll be able to help you out. So on the show today, I've got a conversation that I recorded a while back while I was in New Jersey with Christine Williams. I was in, uh, I stayed with Carl Zive. Carl Zive and Christine both went through the School of Dog Psychology uh, way back, I guess maybe in 2006. Really great people. I, I, I fell in love with them and I've been friends with them ever since. And I got to stay at Carl's while I was doing a, a shadow program uh, out there. And while I was there, Christine came up and had a chance to talk to her. You've heard me talk in previous episodes about the possibility of a co-host. Well, Christine Williams is one of my top picks, and so we gave it a shot, and I hope that you love her as much as I do. Please let me know. If you have any questions about anything uh, with the show, it is, my, my uh, email is askbeyondthedog at gmail.com. That's askbeyondthedog at gmail.com. I don't think I'm going to tell me what's going on with your business right now. How long? What? Talk, tell everybody first how I met you. I met you, I'm going to say 12 years ago, if I'm right on the money. I think so, yeah. Um, was uh, fortunate enough to be chosen for your shadow program and flew out to California. Didn't know anything, didn't know anybody. And I worked with you, it was 33 days straight. Mm-hmm. And I honestly think we did anywhere from 12 to 16 hours a day. And that's that's... That's a fair assumption right there. We worked our tails off. I learned a ton. I went home um, and I started the practice. 
Yep. And I did everything with my shelter friends, and I did everything for the shelter dogs, and I just spent hours on end in the shelter like I had before. But now I had a skill set, so I could, you know, maybe help those dogs that otherwise weren't going to find the right home to get a home. So I started that, um, hit the ground running, business took off right away. And now 12 years into business, um, Your Dog and You is the name of the company. I have clients every day of the week. We've started a puppy class. My assistant trainer teaches a puppy class. Um, started a dog walking company on that. Yes. All my clients said, hey, Christine, you're teaching us how to be this way with our animals and our dog walkers aren't necessarily following the same rules. Mm -hmm. I found myself teaching everyone's dog walker how to walk a dog, how to do a proper introduction, greeting event, leaving event, feeding event, and said, what the heck? Why don't I start my own dog walking company? So Make that money for yourself. Well, Zen Doggies was born. That's and right. I felt really that it was um, something I could offer to my clients. One more level. So it wasn't just teaching them dog psychology. It wasn't just training their dogs. It was after the fact when the other people were coming in to take care of their animals that they had knowledge on how to take care of their animals. But, but you're not doing what the popular thing is, was the pack walking. You're doing them individual walking, right? Individual walking. I think yeah. I think that's amazing. You know, when I first started dog walking, that's what I did, individual walking. And then when I wanted to do pack walking, nobody wanted <laughs> their dog to be in a pack. So I had to start all over. <laughs> but uh, it's grown for you quite a bit, right? How many how many uh, walkers do you have now? We are at 14 total. 14 walkers? Uh, I don't I don't have the time to walk my own the, to walk the dogs myself, but I'm absolutely willing to jump in if we need we need help. That's a lot of employees. That's a lot of It is a lot. It's it's amazing. Some are just 2 days a week, some are just on the weekends. We have some overnight people that will come into your home. Let's just look at that for real quick. One second. Mm -hmm. Most dog walkers would be happy if they had 14 dogs. Just 14 dogs as a client. That's a pretty good business that they did 14 dogs in that day. You have 14 employees. <laughs> Can you see that? How, how big that is? I'm pretty blown away by it. Wow. Absolutely. I have a lot of help. I have an amazing office manager and an amazing assistant trainer. So I didn't do it all by myself, but I am, yeah, I'm pretty blown away by it. Wow. I'm excited. And the clients are really happy to have, they work with me and say, Who, who's going to watch my dog when I go away? I don't want to put him in a kennel. He's already, you know, he's recovering or he's in rehabilitation. And I send him to a kennel and he, he just kind of has a setback. So this way he's in his own environment. And there's somebody that comes in and is following the rules and doing the things that the way that they are to keep the dog balanced. And it's just working out really, really well. It was a natural, what's that word I'm looking for? Transition? Yeah, sure. Natural tan transition from doing consults, behavior consults, and now the puppy training and the, and the dog walking company. It's coming together. Really well, you well. skipped the rehabilitation in there, too. You start, You were doing that for a long time, right? Now you're, now you're, excuse me, now that you're married, you don't really do the... I actually don't do board and trains. Is that what you mean by rehabilitation? Yeah, well, yeah. I call it rehabilitation. I doing uh, rehabilitation, um, gosh, even way before I got married. Actually. Okay. Yeah. It's a lot of responsibility. People don't... It is uh, a realize. huge responsibility, and it is from the time you get up in the morning till the time you go to bed at night, because those animals need you. Yep, they really do. They, I, and I would give them a thousand percent of myself, and maybe felt that I wasn't doing the same for my home life and the same for my own dogs. Yes. So it was a lot. I really, uh, every people that do rehabilitation, I think, thank God you're out there because there are dogs that need it. Yep. Mm -hmm. It's the the way board and train is looked at now, or the way it's become, is almost like a cookie cutter, fast in and get things. And I don't know that I 
like a lot of the ones that I've seen and the, the way th things happen when I work with some clients and then I hear about the board and train, I'm like, what? That's a board and train? I don't know. Board and train for me was very different than what I saw being offered out there. Right. I don't understand these two-week things. People are getting all the way down to 10 days or, or less. But that's fine if you're doing one at a time, I guess. But when you have 20 and 30, how can you put out a, a a good product, I guess, what that would be called. I don't know how you put a time stamp on it. I can't, I can't. say the dog's going to be turned out in 10 days when until you get to be with the dog, I, I can't, I couldn't put a time stamp on it. Right. Well, we're not actually doing like obedience stuff either. We're fixing or helping repair problems that are that have been there for a long time and mm -hmm. my rehabilitations were minimum of 30 days I remember <laughs> minimum of 30 days they're like oh 30 days I'm like hey that's a minimum you know I don't really care how long things take you guys have all heard the quote it doesn't matter how long things take it just matter, or how much time things take it just matters that you take the time mm -hmm. and that was just while the dog was with me and then there's two months after working with the, the clients and I think that uh, you you were doing like two or three at a time uh, with your you two. built in that maximum of two and well you had the uh, the also with the rescue ones you would also do one rescue well, at a time split it where I'd have one rescue dog in there and then one client okay. dog so okay. maximum of two dogs at one time and I always felt that it was important for the client to come and work with me yep and I've heard of programs where the client Never. is not going to work with the person right helping the dog and I'm confused by that it's just dropped off at the end sometimes I, I don't know how that's even possible but I, I, we're both like looking at each other right now going <laughs> I, I don't know there's no words to, to describe how is that even possible there are a lot of dogs that need a lot of help Therefore, I believe that there's just more and more out there for people to choose from. Yes. But speaking of, if I may, okay. bring up a conversation that you and I had a few minutes ago before we got started, how um, you had gone to someone's house in Florida, if I remember, and stayed with a client in their home with their dog. I don't know if it was a house more than the top floor of an entire <laughs> Uh, condominium building, like the 30th or whatever the top floor was, it the entire floor, not just one section. I think there might have, this was a really nice place. I think there might have been, each floor had four to six, and he had the entire top floor. But this is a person's home. Yes. This is very, very large. Very, very large home. And when you went out there, it was to help them to rehabilitate their own dog? Right. So this was not a shadow program like you're doing with dog walkers or trainers. This no. Was uh, it's really a shadow program for the clients. It's, the okay. it's, uh, and, and that was years ago when I came up with the idea and actually I did one, but I had a facility and was, I was full time. It was too much. I couldn't travel. Now I don't have a facility. So that's really what I want to do. And, and it's for people who have gone through four to six trainers or programs mm -hmm. and still haven't achieved that level of uh, balance that they're looking for or people who, uh, who don't want to go through four or six people, trainers. And uh, so I spend the five days with people, and by the end of the five days, I've loosened the jar so much that they, they're able to open it themselves and pour all the contents out and play with them, so to speak. We're gonna stick with a metaphor there. And then uh, shut the jar themselves anytime. And uh, I think my I've got one here next week in Manhattan Beach. I'm gonna be spending five days with them, and it's gonna be amazing. Um, really looking forward to that 
of course I still do the five-day shadow programs for trainers and pack walkers but I think I'm really looking forward to just doing the clients uh, it's a niche for me so you will spend five straight days with a client in their environment and you know how yeah, you know how long one day is with me and yes, I uh, and <laughs> I won't put them through that kind of hell it'll be a regular work day but uh, we got to spend some time and put them through everything this one is they're just going to be flooded with me I think it's great that the dog's in its own environment that you can work on each and every event mm -hmm. you taught me everything's called an event a greeting event and a feeding event and and just see how the human interacts with their own animal I think it's going to be an incredible opportunity right really what, even just the events you know uh, people oh, I gotta feed the dog but the the feeding event is broken down into so many things most people don't know where they are in it and why this is happening so I really have just broken it down so much that you cannot be lost you can't be lost and that I think is going to be beneficial for these people me being in their home and well, doing I think it. beneficial is, is not even a strong enough word oh, I, I really do I okay. feel that if you can have your own personal um, instructor there holding your hand through a feeding event and explaining the process and how the dog sees the feeding event that's what's so so important is how the dog views the feeding event how the dog's viewing your body language right now and what is it that your body language is saying versus what it is that your mouth is saying and why is it and, and what your brain is thinking exactly so you get your brain thinking something your mouth saying something else your body language completely mm -hmm. different so that's the encompassing of the energy mm -hmm. but uh even that's broken down into multiples right absolutely so it sure is but enough about me really? let's talk about me okay let's talk about you all right <laughs> So now that you're doing this in Manhattan Beach, which I didn't know there was a Manhattan Beach, California. It's over by Hermosa Beach. It's not very okay, far from... Hermosa? Yeah, it's, they're connected, really. It's just... Well, you know, you just step over. Earlier. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's oh, nice. Goodness, my first visit was with you, so yeah. I didn't know anything about that. And that was not the beach. That was the, was the hood over by the Budweiser time. factory in the freeway. <laughs> I remember walking down the street with four or five pitbulls at a time. Yep. Um, and just feeling completely empowered and secure through the streets of, I don't know, where were we the first time? Uh, what the heck is the name of that? Oh uh, it's off of Roscoe Boulevard. Yes, it's I a, remember Roscoe Boulevard. I can't even think of the name of the, the city right now. But hmm. anyway, yeah. it's not a, it wasn't a late at night you hear the gunshots across the, the way all the time. But how, so how do these people find you to say, hey, Lynn, can you come and, and, and help us to learn and rehabilitate our dog in our own home? How did they find you? Because I haven't heard you talk about offering this to people. Well, you know me. If you find me, you've got me. But uh, I guess that's a good question, you know. Um, obviously, uh, the social media outlets, um, Instagram, Facebook. Facebook is a oh, motorcycle going by there. Mm -hmm. Facebook would be either uh, Lynn Bokey or School of Dog Psychology, two different uh, pages there. Best way, I guess, would be to send me a message through Messenger. Instagram, you can uh, DM me through that. Instagram is at Lynn Bokey, L-I-N-N-B-O-Y-K-E. And uh, I guess the email would be schoolofdogpsychology at gmail.com. I don't want this to be all like an advertisement, but I yes. I don't want to be an advertisement either, but I feel, I feel strongly about what we're talking about because I know that even my clients that I work with, 
would really appreciate the opportunity to have somebody come and do what you're going to be doing for these people in Manhattan Beach. And I just, I mean, I don't feel that I'm trying to sell anything at all because I'm not, because I believe in what you teach and I feel that it's an opportunity. I would ask you, if I were sitting here and didn't know anything about you, what kind of behaviors can I expect you to handle when you're there? I mean, is there anything too small or anything too big? No, I tell you what, when people don't call me because they have a puppy or no problem at all, I think it's the worst time. I, everybody, well, I thought you only deal with the worst of the worst. Well, why would you wait <laughs> until it's the worst of the worst to call me? Why don't we just get in there and be prevention uh, early? Pre uh, that's really what I want to do now in, in my golden years is to work with prevention instead of the intervention part. I'm still completely able and willing to do the intervention part, but uh, it, it's waiting too long uh, this happened this happened again this happened again this happened again for four years and oh maybe I better get somebody and then the desperation comes in and they get somebody and then that doesn't work out they spend all their money and they get somebody else and that doesn't work out if you listen to this and you're looking for somebody it doesn't have to be me uh, or Christine but do your homework mm -hmm. you know it bothers me when I, you know, people buy a, a car and they'll spend weeks looking for the right dealer so that they can get the right uh, deal and then they go through all of the paperwork to get the right loan and they'll spend days if not weeks to find that, but they'll spend five minutes to, because they don't know. A lot of times it's desperation. Well, that's a good analogy. Yeah. You spend that much time looking for a car, something you're going to drive every single day. Right spend the right the amount of time to find the person to work with that that puppy or dog's going to be with you for the rest of its life so it's a great yes. analogy it really is and it's not just what i'm doing christine does that uh, all of my students do that work with the clients and you really should look for someone who's going to help you and uh, you may not even like the person that you're with I don't care how great they are, find somebody you do like. There's not just one trainer out there. There's just not one, there's not just one way to do something with a dog. Research it, look for it. Everybody should take their time to make sure it's the right fit. And be able to say that if this isn't working for me, I need Get to out. abandon this. Yes. I need to find something that does work for me, whether it's a technique, whether it's somebody that you're working with, whether it's where you're working. It's just, um, not just a, a closed mindset it's a very open mindset yes a lot of great people out there doing a lot of great work there really is it's just finding the right person yep. for what you got going on and the dog that's in front of you at that moment in time but if I could I'd like to scale back just a little bit where you started talking about if you were to start with a with a dog before instead of being intervention, oh, yes prevention. prevention so prevention is foundation work and that's that's where I began with you is foundation work. How to teach a dog to really look to you for guidance mm -hmm. instead of the dog making its own decisions. So yep. for you to walk into a house and start with foundation work, that would be amazing, amazing. right? But just people think, amazing. but it's just a puppy. I don't, or it's just a, a year old dog. Why do I need? Well, let me tell you something. That's mm -hmm. the beginning. It really is the beginning of their life, and they. They need that information uh, because dogs can only do what they've been allowed to do. And you may see a lot of things that you like that are cute, uh, but you don't see what they're really 
are in the dog and then when they become a little older now what they've what they've been practicing that was so cute to you is now either violent or they're afraid or they're destructive um it's it's just real important to understand what's going through the dog's mind and not just it's not a christmas present or birthday present it's it's a life and the past couple podcasts that you've done i believe you've mentioned on more than one that practice becomes yes permanent it doesn't make perfect it becomes permanent and so you can practice something shitty (laughs) and be permanently shitty so when a puppy practices a behavior and we think it's cute or we reward it or we don't know what it is so we allow it to continue Mm -hmm. until it really is a squeaky wheel Mm -hmm. that's foundation work is amazing and if you're like you and I and we're just working with all these shelter dogs uh-huh. and they come to you when they're four or five doesn't mean that it's not anything that can't be addressed and helped mm. and, and really come back to a place of balance. Well, that's a good point. Four or five years old, mm-hmm. they you get them out of the shelter, they're coming into your home. That's foundation. You got to start foundation right there because it begins right. again. I have so many clients that say, well, he came that way. Oh, really? He did? Okay. Well, how long ago was that? Five years ago. How old is he? He's almost six. Okay. Well, you've had the dog <laughs> this entire time. So let's say he came that way, but you've allowed it to remain and reinforced it. Uh, and so but I don't want to blame anybody for that. I was going to say, I think it's important that we say to everybody, hey, we're not blaming. Just, it's not, it, it's about you didn't know. And I say to clients all the time, thank God. If you knew everything, we wouldn't have a job. We wouldn't have a job. But it's not even about having a job. I don't know how to play guitars, therefore I don't plan on playing in the in the band. No. Nope. I don't. I sit in front of clients that feel I can't do that or I don't know how to do that, and I, it's okay that you don't know how. Just, the important part yeah. is that you found somebody that you can work with that's going to teach you. Just because you don't know how doesn't mean there isn't somebody who does, mm-hmm. and that is a responsibility. Um, and I like to, to hold people accountable. So it is your responsibility to help your dog feel comfortable. And it's not necessarily feeling comfortable when it destroys your house. If it was feeling comfortable, it would be relaxing on your couch instead of dissecting it. You know, we've got to drain that energy. We've got to provide a, enough mental and physical outlets for the dog so then when you leave and you go to work you come home and it's ready to interact with you you don't have to spend two hours fixing up or cleaning up what they did and then resent the dog or dread coming home oh what are you fucking do this time you know it is a it is a responsibility when we adopt a dog um, when we get a dog as a puppy doesn't matter it is a responsibility for us to teach that dog um, what it is that we would like from them to live under the same roof with us. If you spoke French, Lynn, and you came to live in my house, and I don't explain to you. Wee oui, wee. Oui. Yeah, exactly. Mm, no pee pee in there. Wee no, wee. <laughs> oui, oui, yes, yes. No, hey. But uh, speaking of responsibility, I love a lot of my clients. They just didn't know their responsibility, but once they understand it fully, oh, they their dogs and their and the family thrive. Everybody has hiccups here and there and and setbacks. Mm -hmm. And then they start over and call us, how do we begin again? And that's that's a great thing when you you have a family who are so responsible, they just didn't know what to do. 
And you can, I always say that confusion is, uh, I love looking for confusion, whether it's in the dog or the client or employee, because when you can guide somebody or something out of confusion, you become valuable, right? Very valuable. And uh, so I look for confusion. Conf even if I have to create confusion, like you well know with the students and the dogs, it, a better way of saying it is displacing expectations, um, creating that confusion, and then educating. You start getting that admiration look from them. They're like, oh. Looking into your yeah. eyes. Like, you, you're the one. For guidance. That's right. Instead of making decisions on their own when it's way above their pay grade. Right. Absolutely. And I believe that the dogs teach us more than anything else, but... Well, we have an opportunity. We have an opportunity to learn from the dogs exactly. every day, but they don't actually teach us. Fair um, enough. They don't. We can either learn because you want to learn. Uh, they don't get the little teacher hat on and the chalkboard out and say, "Look, I want to tell you something, and I want you to learn this." No, they just you it know. Has opportunity. Yeah, to learn. because they only react. They only live agreed. in that moment. Okay, agreed. Yeah, mm -hmm. I'm so specific. <laughs> it's okay. So tell me about this guy, this guy that, that won your heart enough that you said yes. I get to After, talk about that. Yes. I do? Yes. Mm. Because, you know, I've known you for a long time, and mm. um, who knew that you would get married, right? And uh, if you don't mind, how, how old were you when you got married? 50. Right. Yep. Right? That's amazing. 50 years. It's never too I late. Never do it. But I it just did. didn't think it was necessary. i got to be honest with you, with you. Until I met him. And I will say to you that everything changed. Yeah. Everything changed. And the people closest to me um, can't believe how happy I am. Uh, you're glowing. I, I, that's why I have my sunglasses on right now. <laughs> and how much um, softer I am. Not that I was, you know, a hard ass before, but... I, I just something seems to change. I think that I trust in the world more now, and I trust in people more now, and I just trust in the process, if you will. It just um, it changed everything. Meeting him changed everything, and my life has changed. And I, I I was just really lucky. We found each other, and I feel fortunate. And everything is better than I ever thought it could possibly be. That's amazing. I love hearing that. I love seeing that. I loved witnessing it firsthand. Uh, when uh, it's amazing. It really, really is. Yeah. Thanks for uh, bringing that up. I got to talk about that. You still can. You can it's talk about it. Thing. He's a great guy. He's a great guy. He's amazing. <laughs> he is. He really is. Yeah. So, um, more back to you and what you no, teach. No, well, yes. we can talk about you, you more. Talk about me? Yeah. What do you want to do? Well, tell me what's the difference between South Jersey and. We're in North Jersey oh right now. Gosh, the difference. Everybody who knows anything about New Jersey. I live in South Jersey where the deer roam free and there's lots of land and, and the deer ticks. Uh... Gosh, and the deer ticks, sure. Yeah. And we talk about we could talk hours about how right. ticks out on a dog. Um, but the difference between South Jersey and North Jersey is not just miles and geography. It's different. North Jersey here where I am right now in Flynn is up closer to New York. A um, little more tight together, a little more um, population, and I feel that... The, Urban. Uh, yes. Yeah, that's a good word for it. I just feel where I grew up, um, out in Medford, New Jersey, I, it's just a different way of life. I feel it's more country. I feel like I grew up in the country. I still feel like I live you in the country. You do have a country feel to your Jersey 
feel, okay. if that makes sense. All right. <laughs> You'd have to, I mean, you guys can already hear how sweet she is. She does have, you do, you do have that oh, uh, country feel okay. for your New Jersey being. And how do you feel North Jersey is different? Do you feel that the people in North Jersey are different? I, I, I've only been down your way one time. South Jersey once? Was yeah. that wedding? No. Was that South Jersey too? South Jersey, yeah. You I don't know where I mean. for the wedding. Okay. Yeah, that's South Jersey. Mm -hmm. But that's more at the beach, so it's a little bit... A little different than the country. just came to your place you you your one time. Shemung. Yeah. Right. Right after you built the, the thing, I yeah, the, the thing for the dogs in the back. Rehab center. Yeah. yeah. That's right. I forgot you were out there. Mm. got to meet my girl, Daya, and my boy, Blue. Boy, Blue. Mm-hmm. How many dogs do you have right now? You know, your own. I am down to one doggy. Oh my god! I, I can't wait for that day. How does I've it feel had right five, now? Five, and uh, one of them uh, went with her daddy when we split up. Mm -hmm. She still lives with her daddy, and she's doing great. And then one of them was a foster that got adopted, who's doing well. So I was down to three: my my girl Dahlia Blue and my boy Puma. And Dahlia and Blue have gone to heaven due yeah. to old age. They had a wonderful life. So I, it's just me and my Puma right now. That's amazing. Um, it is amazing. He is an amazing beast we have fostered. We did foster um, a mommy pity for, uh, I don't know, maybe four or five months. Thought about keeping her, but the rescue got two amazing applications. So when Can't they turn that down. pity... You know, with cropped ears and those big mommy boobies, you know, gets two amazing applications. Yeah, because so that's very unattractive. I mean, if it's a rare person, it would take on. go, and she's living the life. So that's amazing. Yeah, we, uh, we will foster again um, in the future. Puma, I think, probably would like a little friend to foster from time to time. But having one dog is very different than having a pack of five. Ugh. Well, I just now only have a pack of five. <laughs> I'm working my way down to just one. I miss the days with just me and Canyon, you know, and just and one. Oh, one in a billion right there, let me tell you. But uh, having one dog, uh, you're not so limited. You know, I, I see clients all the time. They want to get another dog. I'm like, <laughs> we're just getting you settled with this one. You don't need another one. Well, doesn't need a friend. You're that dog's friend i i like it when people have more than one dog but uh, more often than not when it makes things worse in that environment i've seen well because i work with the worst of the worst and uh and i see when you bring in a third dog how it changes the dynamics of the pack uh, some are seamless and some aren't and you and i are working with the ones that aren't <laughs> so it's a big difference but you said uh limiting where it's easier to take one dog to the beach with you um, at your family's house. Mm -hmm. For me, for example, we go to the beach to our family's house on the weekends. It's easier for me to take my one dog than my five dogs. And you're not talking about just dogs. five dogs running on the beach. You're talking about five dogs wet in the house, five exactly. dogs sand in the house. It's and people accepting you bringing five dogs to their house. But neither one of us feel comfortable at that, so we'd be cleaning and picking up and moving <laughs> and keeping things. You guys stay over here. Let him out. Yeah, but he's got sand all over him. So it, it is limiting when we have more than one, but I, I feel that when I brought up the foster conversation that it's wonderful for us to open our homes when we have the time to foster an animal and uh, a dog, cat, whatever it is, and, and get them uh, get them ready for their forever home. Mm. I think that that's, a, that's an amazing way for us to kind of play with that recipe a little bit. Are we ready to have another dog? Mm -hmm. You know, on, on bath day, how'd you feel about that? On walk, walk time, how'd you feel about that? Feeding time, how'd you feel about that? So the foster thing, I think, is a great opportunity to test the waters, but also save a dog. 
yes. cat. Yes. You know, because people foster cats too. Fostering is, I believe, needs to have some sort of a, a schooling, uh, licensing maybe even. I mean, there's no licensing even with dog trainers, but uh, rescues are so worried about, well, we're just lucky to have a foster. I think it should be the other way around. I think uh, that fosters don't understand their responsibility. And it, their responsibility is literally to facilitate that process between shelter into a real home. And a lot of the fosters, they bring them in and they love on them because they're missing something or they reward the wrong thing and they leave their place with the worst problem they had. It should be sort of a crate and rotate. This dog needs to decompress from the the terror that it was feeling from the shelters or the street. It needs to have a small place and then rotate it. Let's go outside. How do we go outside? This is how we get out of the crate. This is how we accept the leash. This is how we accept going out the door. This is how we walk. That already is a huge part of it. But just to give them the freedom of a, a house after what's been going on in their life is just not good. But Not setting them up for success. No, that's right. And of course, a, a foster dog in your care would be, <laughs> has no idea how lucky it is because of what you already do. So, but it's I, very rewarding. But I, I agree with you that there are many of the, of the rescues that I work with are very selective about the fosters that the dog goes into. Um, they do have a program that they provide for the foster families. Oh, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. See they, the difference between South Jersey and. <laughs> <laughs> where they, uh, they, they educate the fosters. I have done um, seminars for foster families where I'm teaching, hey guys, this is how to be a better foster family, turn out a better dog, help the animal feel comfortable, these are the rules. So I love teaching that kind of a seminar because I'm just, first of all, I'm looking at a bunch of faces of people that are just amazing because mm -hmm. they want to open their homes to foster an animal. Not their own. Right. And um, so yeah, a lot, of the, a lot of the, I've been very fortunate to work with some amazing rescues that are really they have a program set up for the foster families to follow. Whether I had no idea. Oh yeah, whether or not they all it's follow. It's not the, Man, the environment I played, I worked in. <laughs> but yeah, whether they follow it or not. Well, that's human nature. Mm -hmm. Whether or not they want to follow the program that the foster. Or the Why do you think someone would pay or pay for a trainer or go to a seminar and learn how to do something and not do it? What what do you? Why do you think people do that? Is it is it? Uh, was it too much work? Is it, uh, I just wanted somebody in my home or I wanted to go someplace where everybody was with a like mind? Why do you think people don't do the things they pay for? I mean, they bring us in, we give them, we have talked about great people with dogs, but there are a lot of people, even no matter how great they are as a person and kind they are to their dog, they don't follow through. Why do you think that is? What do you it frustrates the shit out of me. Well, human nature is that we have predictable patterns, and this is who we are, and we kind of play the same tape over and over in our heads a million times, and when we look at what could possibly work for the dog, like, wow, this is amazing. We work on car reactivity today, and mm -hmm. tomorrow it's gone, and they, the, the owner goes home, and they're, they're, they're attempting to do everything that I instructed, and they're just not getting it. Um, I think that, they, that sometimes they get frustrated with themselves and they give up. I don't believe that it's because they don't want to do the work. I just feel that, and this, honestly, this circles back to you being in the home with the animal hmm. and teaching day in, day out, so that they have a hands-on coach. And That's why your school was as long as it was, because 
If you went through three days, you'd have been, oh, that was amazing. But I took you three days each day. You did. The amount of hours that we put in and the amount of dogs that we had the opportunity to work with because you had quite a few dogs then with all different kinds of behaviors. But I just think it's human nature to answer your question. Really, it's predictable pattern. We're so used to doing something this way. One of the things I'll say to a couple or a family when they're in front of me is, hey guys, I, I want you to ask yourselves if what you've been doing has been working. And if the answer is no, I'm going to ask you to stop. Mm. And I'm going to ask you to adopt everything that works today but it is going to take us changing our ways in order for the dog to perceive you differently and learn from you and him or her himself themselves change their behaviors so i kind of get that that cocker spaniel look yeah you know like i feel like i'm giving that to you now if i had somebody like you if i had you saying those words to me i would be ready to do everything so i feel that um our job is to motivate the human to do better for the dog I really do, and it's got to be about motivation. So. And so maybe that because of li limited funds, limited time, the motivation is just a aha moment that nobody uh, focuses on enough to create it being part of their life. And you came into my house and said, Christine, I want you to eat really, really clean, and I'm going to cook for you clean five days in a row, and I'm going to cook every meal. I'm going to show you how to cook every meal. I'm going to do it for you, and you're going to feel like a million bucks when I leave. I'm going to be like, Lynn, get over to my house right now. Right. So it's kind of the same analogy. If somebody comes in and shows you how to do it, and they do it with you every single day, it becomes... Hold you accountable to exactly. do it. That's the part. The getting One of the problems I have with uh, new trainers nowadays, and even the clients that those new trainers are working, is you have really very limited uh, uh, time or access to imprinting reflexes. And if somebody, with no matter how great their intentions were, imprints into your reflexes to do something, it is almost impossible to change those reflexes to the things that, to the way they need to be. And that is why when I work with people, I break them down until there's nothing left. It's not for everybody, but I, the students, I break them down until there's nothing left and the only thing that is left is what I'm providing them that they can build back up to. And I think that might be the answer to my question is that there's just not enough time and, and maybe even funds to have that much motivation in front of you or in front of the client. Um, they want it. They do, and they have the best of intentions, yeah. truly. It's hard to change our ways, and breaking someone down and bringing them back up is definitely what you did for me as a student. It's hard, but I appreciate every single moment to change my ways. But I was with you long enough for you to change the things that I was doing that weren't working. I call that the symbiotic Stockholm Syndrome. Right? <laughs> Stockholm Syndrome works, and believe it or not, people, every dog in every home has Stockholm Syndrome. It's relating to their captor, and that's you. So it works. Stockholm Syndrome works. Of course, it's all been negative. The parasitic version, you know, uh, if you don't know what Stockholm Syndrome is, uh, look it up first, but it's, you know, people are captured, they're uh, held a prisoner, they're mistreated in every way, sleep deprivation, uh, every everything until the torture is so much that they start relating to who they the people are. Amy Smart was kidnapped with a family and was able to go to malls and movies and everything with them and not try and say that I've been kidnapped whatever that actress's name way back in the day um, I can't think of her name uh, way back in the day 
very wealthy Patty, Patty Hearst. Yes, thank you. Yeah, she was kidding. She was robbing banks mm-hmm. with the people who kidnapped her. So if you look at that with your dog, we've kidnapped them, so to speak, but in a positive way. And But we're, we're only allowing them to do things that maybe we don't know how to do right uh, or we don't know or creating bad problems but now that's all they do they've related to you and the worst relations are the ones who are mirroring the insecurities or the aggression of the the owner so if we know that works we can create a great life or great students great clients by simply providing that extra time and effort and not letting them slip back into old habits mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying everybody needs to, <laughs> to to have a trainer like that. I'm saying that it works. And you can do this yourself as well. I want this, I want this, I want this, I want this, and don't let up. Don't let Something up. Something as easy as I don't want my dog to jump on the couch anymore. Or what I'd like for my dog is to be calm when somebody comes to the door. Let's use that one. Something so. as simple as I don't want my dog being on the couch. If you just change it, I want my dog to be comfortable. On the floor. Oh, on the floor. You've already jumped way ahead of the problem because I don't, I don't, I don't. don't want instead of what I would like for my dog to be comfortable on. Yeah. It sounds silly. Change your words. Silly. I don't think it sounds silly. I, I say those oonts or oodents or uh, won'ts or ops, you know, stop, don't, won't, couldn't, shouldn't. Those are all nasty weeds. And they get in the, They are negatives. So if you focus on the negative... That's right. I don't. And you have probably had this with multiple clients too. What do you What do you want your dog to do? I want him to stop uh, barking. Okay, but what do you want him to do? Well, I don't want him to bark. But what do you want him to do? You know, and then you have to help him out. What you want is your dog to be relaxed and enjoy the backyard and see its neighbors and and be calm. Be calm. Wasn't that what I just said? Mm. No. Because all we are looking at is it's bothering me, it's embarrassing me, it's irritating me, it's confusing me. So let go of the oonts and the oodents and the ain'ts and, and move forward. But anyway, we're kind of all over the place here, but it really all boils down to what do you want and finding the right trainer, especially if we're talking about clients, finding the right trainer that can help you. And it's not always the first one. And it's okay to say, I'm going to give somebody else a shot. And do that. Your dog, your life, you deserve it. They deserve it. They do. Find the right one. Mm -hmm. And there's all kinds of ways to do that while we're talking about it. You can go to the International Association of Canine Professionals has a website that no matter where you are, uh, you can push in your zip code and within 50 or 100 miles there's, there's multiple trainers multiple websites that you can read about the person i believe it's um is it dogpro.org yeah, still? It, i think it's dogpro.org uh, yes dog professionals okay please don't uh i should have i should be looking at this right now but it's international associated canine professionals if you push that in you'll you'll find it mm-hmm. it's i like it more for clients than i like it for dog trainers getting together but uh, it is a great resource for, for people who have a dog and, and don't know where to go because that, that organization has done their best to, to keep all the quality people in there. So it's a great place. And, of course, if any of your friends have had a, a great experience, you know, most likely you can duplicate that with yours. So Agreed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what, what's the last case you worked with? Tell me. Gosh. 
I worked with uh, two dogs that um, have reactivity to bikes, scooters, skateboards, and other dogs. Yeah. And um, had an amazing experience with them just last night. My assistant trainer had gone out and worked with them on some loose leash walking skills just to shape them up a bit because I couldn't see them in a timely fashion. It took them a couple weeks to get an appointment and I apologize for that. but. Um, we, I, I have my, my stepdaughter come out with her skateboard and her scooter and her bike and we practiced in a controlled environment and very quickly, very quickly, I was really truly just the one dog and the other dog was reacting from the first dog, brothers if you will, and once we taught the guy who was running the show that we didn't need that anymore, the other guy sat in the background and said, I'm cool with this. <laughs> so I believe that once once a leader takes over, the follower can be a follower. There you go. So um, Luciano is the dog's name, and, and he was laying on the grass watching my stepdaughter, I like to just call her my daughter, um, fly by on her scooter and her skateboard. So it's funny. The client is so excited, and then she looks at me, a little challenge, which I love, and she says, do you think we can do a dog and a skateboard <laughs> at the same time? And I said, heck yeah. Yeah. So I Let's said, do it. I said, come on, honey, show me the dog and the skateboard. And she came by with my Puma jogging next to the skateboard. And Luciano and his little brother, Bachi, just laid on the ground and perked their ears just a little bit. And then just kind of like, yeah, whatever. And it was beautiful because the client really was able to see what is possible. That's the key. See what is possible. Yep. She will now need to continue with practicing what she learned last night. That's so weird because yesterday... I literally had one of the dogs that I work with with the shadow program up here right now in, in Jersey was a dog who went after cars. So similar issue. I hadn't had seen a dog that chased after cars in a long time. This dog was magnetically pulled towards cars and the street when there was no... Just so scary. Very scary. Yeah. And within a short period of time, uh, the dog, yeah, I'd like to see those cars go by. I'd like to, but you know, I don't need to chase them now and the owners when i don't know how long your owner that you were talking about had dealt with it but this guy is just a foster for a dog in the last three weeks has been a nightmare with the dog and uh his face was like oh my god and when he did a similar thing he's like do you think i could try it myself <laughs> like heck yeah so giving him the leash he like took the leash like it was something really special and then walked over to the street with a dog and he looked back at me when the dog didn't go after cars oh my god i i can't imagine what it's like to only experience one horrible thing and then within a moment or two seeing something of completely different from something you thought was never going to go away, like chasing skateboards or or dogs. How long did they have Luciano? Uh, it's Luciano. Luciano. I'm going to say the dogs are two and four. Oh, so it's a good two, lot of... Three and four. Oh, gosh, I'd have to look at my... See, my practice memory. does become permanent. It does. And you know, when you said that the owner said, can I try that? I wanted to say that I absolutely hand the leash to the owner. Yeah. It's your turn. Yeah. So the, the guy, it was a guy and his wife, um, takes the, the, his dog, the, the more reactive one, Luciano, and he gets on the skateboard. Oh, see? I'm like, good for you, because I'm not a very good skateboarder. He gets on the skateboard with the dog, and you know, he got those first, through, first, first couple scrapes on the street in, and I could see his, his, you know, in his own body, 
hey, I'm not sure if this is going to work, and you've got to stop the, the human and address the body language and take a deep breath. And remember, this is all possible. And to see this, this grown man on a skateboard with his dog and the dog's trot beside him, looking up at his daddy like his daddy's a superhero. Yeah. He looked, probably looked like a little boy on a skateboard again, right? It's the most rewarding thing in the world. Well, I said to his wife, a boy and his dog. There you there's go. Nothing, there's nothing better than a boy and his dog. No matter That's how right. old you are, a boy and his dog is amazing. <laughs> so it was just beautiful um, to see. I love when the dog finally looks into the owner's eyes for the very first time and says, thank you mm. for speaking, dog. That's right. Thank you for letting go of your um, expectations and living in the past. That's really a key. All yeah. I think is this is going to be bad. Uh, I, I dread doing this. Mm when what you're describing there when you take that out of the view of the owner it already loosens everything up and the dog isn't seeing a way I'm supposed to mirror you know the energy has changed and when I say practice becomes permanent I, you might be out there saying well didn't you say practice becomes permanent these dogs aren't chasing skateboards or car practice does become permanent but if you can begin a new practice that way that new practice can become permanent and exactly. it, then it can outweigh the practice that we don't like and those dogs are two and four this dog was like 12 so she had a great deal of practice chasing cars so it's not going to go away and we got a call from the guy today and he was very happy but he's already describing things that the dog's walking toward the street more and you know already getting ready to go back to the old way no matter that I loosened the jar, and he got to see it yesterday, he got to do it yesterday by himself, and the residuals left over for the first few cars. I don't know what to do because you're not reminding me what to you're do. You're there with me, holding my hand, so, saying, loosen up your shoulder, take a deep breath, that's and right. begin again. That's right, and so practice, the new practice has to outweigh the old one. It's like a dog running the fence line, and there's a nice big ditch in the fence line. Right. The dog ran that fence line. It's going to take a little while to fill that in, flatten yeah. it out, and make Got a whole new pattern, a whole new path. Stop running that line, and the grass will grow back. Exactly. Um, then it will be permanent until a new practice comes in. So, anyway, you can find a new way to do anything that's happening in a bad way. What did I just say? <laughs> if you're having problems with anything in your life, there's another way. You just have to find it and then maintain it there's a thousand ways to cook chicken just find the one that tastes best Wait, the thing about the chicken is it's the it is there are a thousand maybe even more ways to cook chicken but the key is is it's chicken and it has to be cooked through those are the only completely consistent things so a thousand different ways to do something with your dog but it is a dog and it needs to be led boom so don't let the noise get in, keep you from understanding you can change the life you have with your dog right now if you don't know how someone does find it and and uh you can get there so you're up here for just a little while i'm, I'm hoping you stay the the night so we can hang out i think you are we're gonna have a little some cocktails perhaps and then uh, you can drive back down tomorrow which I'll miss you already thank you all the way back to South Jersey you know mm. back to the woods so let, let everybody in South Jersey mm -hmm. or anybody around the world that might want to reach out to you how would they do that well that's a great question uh, my website is yourdogandyou.com you gotta spell that all out yourdogandyou.com um, we have an intake 
questionnaire that you could ask, a contact us form on the website, and there's also a telephone number on there. You can talk to my lovely assistant. She's happy to help you with any questions that you have. And the number is 609-760-7708. That, that's how you get in touch with me. The there you go. So if somebody says, hey, I want to be a dog walker. Oh, sure. Zen Doggies is the other company. Thank you for reminding me. Um, Zen Doggies is the second company, the sister company to your dog and you. Um, the website is zendoggies.com, and the phone number is actually the same. Um, so that's if you want to you have your dog walked. Uh, somebody come in and one of our dog walkers come in. We are bonded and we are insured. Uh, our dog walkers take classes such as wet labs with veterinarians to learn how to give medication. Mm. And um, we learned how to give a dog CPR and how to give a cat CPR. And it's important too. I, I used to have to go to this one client's house and administer saline uh, for an old, old, old cat. If it didn't have these fluids, it would have died. So that's a, do they teach them that too? Mm -hmm. That's awesome. We learned how to give um, diabetic dogs their insulin. Mm. We learned how to give a chicken her medicine. Well, Not that we have very many chicken clients, but we have had chicken clients. <laughs> dog walkers have taken care of chicken clients. So the dog walking portion of the business is not only daily dog walking, it's pet sitting for your lizard, your chickens, your cats. And we have overnight in your own home so your dog never has to be kenneled. Okay, so the pet sitting is different than the overnight? Well, the pet sitting could be if you go away and you don't care for someone to stay in your Especially home. Especially if it's a lizard or... You do uh, four visits a day. If there you it go. Was, you know, uh, an older dog or a puppy, some people do three visits a day where we come in in the morning, we do a nice long walk and a breakfast, come in in the afternoon, do another nice long walk, play session, whatever you like, come back out at night, you know, do a tuck-in, a walk, a dinner, a feed. Now that right there, just so people understand, oh, you leave the dog at home all night all by itself having the dog stay in the home while people are out of town and having a, a Christine's company come in three and four times a day, the dog doesn't know because it's associated the entire house to the owners. You take a dog to a kennel and leave it overnight and nobody's there to, to do anything, then that the dog might freak out. But the dog is just like, oh, I thought you might be my mom. Okay, we're gonna do something, cool. I'm gonna go to sleep afterwards and maybe mom will come home next. They associated the house with the owners, so there's no stress. That's great. They're eating on the same schedule. They're going. They're walking on this pretty much the same path that they were walking on every day. The backyard's the same, and we're not breaking their pattern. Where they they feel truly comfortable in their own house. And you and you also have people who want you to stay all night with we them. Have, we have overnight service for those who would say, "I'd love for you to come." And snuggle with and my snuggle dog. With my dog. Sleep in bed with my dog. Get up in the morning, feed him breakfast, take him for a nice long walk. Yep. We're out the door, and then we come back again by by dinner time. And of course, if you're away during midday, we're going to come for a midday visit. Let your your pets out, or scoop some kitty litter, and you know, give some loving little belly rubs. I snacks, see. I... And then go back at night, dinner time, walk, feed. Your company, uh, even when I had a, a similar company, I don't understand how people these days can go on an app and just have a random person. Well, yeah, there's a new app now where that's, yeah. Like, I, Wags or something. I, 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 there's I, I, a bunch I, I, of them. But, um, but to, to just 
I need somebody to come over and walk my dog, but you don't know who that person is. We need to do a mandatory meet and greet. If you are a new client for pet sitting or dog walking, you're going to meet your dog walker or more than one of your dog walkers because we always have backup, which is nice. And um, we're going to meet your dog. We're going to find out where you keep the food and the medication and the poop bags and the kitty litter. And you know, yeah, you got to put a face to who's coming in your house to be yeah. with your. Well, aside from being with my pet, I don't want some random in my house going through my empty closets you know it doesn't matter that's weird right am i am i am i wrong i don't think you're wrong okay because that seems weird everybody's got their own thing you know everybody's got their own it's a very successful company i just don't know how anybody can as a dog mom i need to put a face to who's going to be with my my dog when i'm not home i need to see who's going to be in my house yeah Um, yeah i i I gotta trust i i do I, i i need that so i think so that's why you provide that's that. why the company started as for a lot of reasons for that reason the reason i said at the beginning of the podcast is that we are teaching owners how to interact with their animal to help get their animal comfortable and safe and and balanced and then the the company that they were using um not the company but maybe they they just would have their brother-in-law come over and stay with the dog and he's undoing all this mm. great work you're doing with the dog Ugh. so um you know the dog walkers are not dog trainers but they definitely have a level of education and mm. they're they're following the same rules and i love that we are doing these these wet labs to learn how to give meds and the, and the cpr and the first aid it's important stuff it is so people feel good and then it's kind of like when they when they contract us to do something everybody has their favorites so when they call they might ask for this person or this person in particular and if that person's not available you get to meet a new person because that person's on vacation that week but what's nice is you have a little backup and we get a lot of emergency last minute calls for clients who are our normal clients but your particular dog walker is either booked with somebody else and um it's nice to have the backup to come in and help out very cool very cool. Mm-hmm. So what do you think, Christine? How do you think this went today? Lynn, I had a lot of fun. Yeah? I think it's really easy to talk to you. I could talk about dogs and dog psychology all day long. Um, there's so much that you have to teach the world. I'm excited that we got to do this today. I think we put a little lubricant on it because of the microphones <laughs> and the thing. So I think we'll get a, a we'll get a, a little bit. Uh, hey. We're going to get really comfortable, I think, sure. and, and talk. Uh, mm-hmm. So, um, we'll see how, how everybody else liked it. That's, that's right. important, right? Christine Williams. Everybody in the dog world is probably going to know me as Christine Nolan for the rest of my life, and, and I'm okay with that. Yeah. 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 Your man's not going to take that he, personally. He's not going to take anything personally. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think we're going to call it right yeah, now. This is a, a so good much. thing. And, um, uh, Give me I'm high, high, five. high five. Cool. Yeah. All right. All right. Until then. See y'all. Bye-bye. So that was Christine Williams. Isn't she awesome? She's such a sweet person. I could talk to her every day. What did you think about her? Let me know at askbeyondthedog at gmail.com. Askbeyondthedog at gmail.com. I really want to thank Carl Zive and his lovely wife, Trish, for always being so kind to me and letting me stay. Uh, Just sweet people as well. And uh, thank you again. I'll talk to you all later. Bye-bye.